Welcome to On Course, the teaching ministry of Pastor Hart Ramsey, where we offer simple biblical insight into some of life's most pressing issues. What if I told you that a lot of the pain and difficulty and adversity you're experiencing is simply God aligning your now so you can be prepared for your tomorrow? Prepare for the next few minutes to be encouraged, enlightened, and inspired. Let's join Pastor Ramsey and get On Course. God does not need anyone to be dishonest about what he can do. The the issue is, is that the first prerequisite for miracle is impossibility. And believers have have ceased to have the courage to deal with impossibility. It becomes our turning around place. And so God is limited and and he's strapped because there's nothing he can do. And I'm going to, as much as I can today, share with you what I've been studying. And don't have time to really preach, but I'm just sharing with you what I've been studying in my private time. Is that okay? Hebrews chapter 4, verse 1. Let us therefore fear, lest the promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the good news of the gospel preached as well as unto them, But the word preached did not profit, benefit, or give them an advantage. Not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. Now the scripture deals with the issue of of the word that you receive, the good news that you receive, the good news that I receive from God. And the Bible says to activate it and for it to profit us, it has to be mixed with faith. Now understand the difference between believing and faith. Believing deals with the internal realm. It deals with, with my sense realm. It's, it's my, a mind thing. It's, it's uh, accepting or agreeing or assenting to, giving assent to the things that God says. God says it and I believe it. But faith is different. Faith is, my, I believe to such a degree that I'm forced to do something externally. So while believing dominates the internal realm, faith is, is married to the external realm. I have to do something for it to be faith. If you believe and do nothing, it's not faith. So when you read John 3, 16, it says, He that believeth shall not perish but have everlasting life. He's not talking about the internal thing about believing. He's talking about your believing getting so full that it flows out into the external realm and becomes faith. It changes what you do. It changes how you respond. It changes how you go after God. Amen? Now, in, in, verse, in verse 3, it says, For we which have believed, look at this now, do enter into rest. Everybody say rest. Rest. As he said, as I've sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his word. Let's be seated. As quickly as I can, I want to enter into this teaching. The Bible says here, the, the, the book of Hebrews is all about believing. The entire uh, scripture written in the book of Hebrews is about believing God. And what I want to uh, just address, not so much teach or preach, but address today, is there's a promise here that God says that my life should not be a constant work, a constant effort. It should not be a constant struggle. The, the design of God is that the believer gives effort, but then he enters into rest, a resting place a stopping place, a place where I could gather myself, rejuvenate, replenish, refresh, restrengthen. It's a resting place in the things of God. Now, now without going into a lot of detail and, and grabbing as much information as I could call to mind and not having to go to notes, 
when, when we deal with the issue of receiving from God, we have to begin by dealing with the issue of the promise of God. And so I want to explain something to you that has to do with how we perceive God. Last week we talked about adding glory to your story and how you, we've got to change the way we, we uh, approach the Lord. God, when Adam fell, was, was taken aback in, 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 uh, from the respect that he had to alter the plan. But you, you must understand how this thing was done. Before God ever made man, the Bible says that he, he con, uh, concocted a plan. And the, the issue was, should, uh, man is a free will agent. And should he fall, what is, what is what's going to happen? Should we destroy him and make something else? Or what are we going to do? And so the, the, uh, the, the heavenly tribunal, uh, the Godhead, decided what we're going to do is if man falls, Jesus said, I'll go in and get him. Prepare me a body, Lord's written of me in the volume of a book. I'll go in and I'll rescue him. That's the plan of God. So before the foundation of the world, God already decided what's going to happen. Your life is a story that's been written. Psalm 139 says, before a day, before you ever live a day, God writes your whole account in a book. What you have to understand, and when we deal with, with this believing issue, is that what, what God is struggling with, he's referring to the children of Israel coming out of Egypt, and he's referring to the way they handled him, the way they handled him. And here, here's what he's dealing with in, in chapter 4. He says, my issue is, is uh, I left a promise that, that you, if you believe me, I will, I will bring you to a stopping place. Let me, let me clarify. How many of you can say, Pastor, you know, as I live for the Lord, I put a lot of effort in. You put a lot of effort in it. Effort? Only 10 of us? Y'all ain't trying. How many of you say, Pastor, I put a lot of effort in this thing? Okay, what about this? You put a lot of effort in, and at times, does it not seem like you're always trying to do the things you're taught? You're always giving forth effort, and it just doesn't come. You would think you would have grown into a place where it's automatic, but it's not coming that easy. Anybody? Okay, that's not the way it's supposed to be. According to the scripture, what the Lord says is, he promised you, now, now in the sterile environment of this sanctuary, I will say things to you that will make sense to the head, but you'll never really understand them fully until you go out into the world, into, into the down and dirty, and begin to, to live this thing out. And as you put a hand to plow, when you begin to do things, you realize, oh, that's what the word was saying. And you begin to get, like, watch this, experience and information that you couldn't get in this sterile environment. It is with that information that you, you give effort, and as you give effort, now you get to a certain place where you, you rest. It's like, it, it's not a struggle anymore. It, it's, it's not a problem. What used to be a temptation is now a simple suggestion. I told a story before, it's worth repeating. I was on a plane one time. Now, you, you, if you know my testimony, I used to be a, a, a fall-down drunk, uh, addicted to nine different drugs. I was, I was just messed up. And, and uh, I was on a plane uh, one day coming back from somewhere, I think from Delaware, and we hit some rough turbulence. And the guy sitting next to me, I mean, this is a slamming turbulence, just real heavy. And the guy called for the stewardess, and she comes back, and he whispers something in her ear. She comes back with a little bottle and a cup. And he pours some in the cup, and, he, and shaking, he says, you want some? And I go, ah, oh, no, thank you. Now, you must understand that if this was a certain time ago, I'd have snatched the bottle out of his hand, and in one motion went, down it and give it back to him. Even after God delivered me from alcohol and drugs, there were times when I would see people doing it, and I go, hmm. But at the day that that guy 
offered the bottle, I was like, oh, no, thank you. Never give it a second thought, never look back at him again. It was just a simple suggestion. What used to be a gross temptation became a simple suggestion because what happened was I went from effort to rest. It was, it, it was no more me trying to not do it. Some, God had arrested me in a certain way where I just, I just got to a certain place where it didn't appeal to me anymore. Why? Because I entered into the rest of God in that area. Pastor, how do you do it? I don't know. I kept walking with him. The Bible says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you, both are willing to do his good pleasure. And what it simply says is, what God works in you, you work it out. The believer's development, watch this now, is God works it in me as I teach you the word. While I'm speaking, the Holy Spirit is communicating. While I'm talking, the Holy Spirit is teaching. What happens is you go out and you live that out. You work, you work it out. You, you give effort to it. But it comes a certain time, watch this now, where you're working it out just becomes a simple walking it out. When you enter into the rest of God, watch this now, the whole, God works it in, the Holy Spirit works it in, you, you work it out and you work it out, but when you get to a certain place and your walk with God was supposed to happen, if you believe, right. is you're supposed to leave the work atmosphere and go simply into this rest of just walking with God. Your story was written with the end in mind. I want, I want, please follow me. This, this is a tremendous time in the history of this church because God is dealing with us about believing. And when he talks to us about impossible things and believing, he's trying to perform supernatural things among us. When, when your story was written, God knew the end from the beginning. And it would be unconscionable of God and just a gross act of selfishness for him to send you to the earth knowing that you're going to die and go to hell. For him to say, for my great love's sake, I, I, after, man, after man fell, I didn't stop the whole, th- I didn't stop the whole thing. To say, I, I, just, I, I did it so I could, win, I could win some, is selfish. But you need to understand how this thing works. David said in the 139th Psalm that before a day is lived out, it's all written in the book. When God wrote your story, he wrote your story not just with the natural in mind, but also with the supernatural. In your story, your story is laced with whole passages where God's love and the miraculous are supposed to carry you through. How many of you hear my voice? Listen to what I'm about to tell you. The hardship that you go through in your life, all the things that you're going through, when God wrote your story, the understanding was they will go through this, this, and this, but my love will come in and supernaturally, because they believe me, I will work in impossible. Right? Watch this. He, he, he wrote your story. It's so love-laced. And God's whole thing was he looked at the whole thing. Yes, there'll be pain. Yes, there'll be trouble. But here's what God said. But at the end, because they believed me, they allowed my hand to reach into the earth and correct some things. Watch this. Imagine that every time in your story you fail, God wrote in a love spot where he'll come and catch you. Every time you stumble, you tripped over something, God, God, he wrote in a love phrase. Your entire life is written, the, the, the story of your life is written with the supernatural coming in, God coming in supernaturally in love to fix you, to pick you up, to strengthen you, to catch you, to encourage you, to create, to reform, to reshape, to handle, to, to, to defend, to back up, to calm down, 
to shut up, to speak up. God comes in love to do different things. The thing with us is what we have done is that we have allowed ourselves to become so comfortable in the convenience of unbelief. We don't believe God. We believe everything but God. We believe in the natural. And so uh, I want you, I want to validate my story. I'm... I'm, I'm studying yesterday, and I'm not, um, and by the way, an uh, interesting thing I want to share with you, you know, I was, uh, I, was, I was engrossed in this yesterday morning, I mean, just studying about miracles and impossibility, and I got a call from WVAS, the radio station, and, and they called me, and they said, um, uh, Pastor, did you get an email? I said, oh, no, I didn't, and they said, well, well I'm calling to inform you that your, your compact disc was the WVAS compact disc of 2009. And so they, they did a, they, they did a uh, it was a countdown. They said, we're in the countdown now. We started number 90. And, and just want you to know, when, when we get to, to the number one, we're going to call you because we want to interview you. And I'm like, are you serious? Is this for real? And they said, yes. They said, they said we, believe, we believe song for song. You, 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 you have the best CD that we've played for the year. And I'm talking about they playing national, international artists. I'm freaked out. So I'm on the phone with them. I'm, I'm on the, doing this interview. And it's a trip. And when I get off the phone, I said to the Lord, you know, you're amazing. The way God does it, Adam sins against God. And if it were anybody else, if you want to see how God handles your life, consider what he did for Adam. Stay tuned for more of today's teaching with Pastor Hart Ramsey. Pick up the new release from Stellar Award nominees, Hart Ramsey and the NCC Family Choir, titled True Story, featuring the lead single, It Is So. Pick up the chart-topping release from Hart Ramsey and the NCC Family Choir, titled True Story, in stores now and available at all digital outlets. Imagine being filled with a peace so deep that the world around you can't touch it. Pastor Hart Ramsey is on a mission to help believers understand what it means to have a healthy, prayer-based relationship with God. He's doing that through his brand new book titled Seeking Answers, Finding Rest Through Prayer. Prayer at first was a struggle because, you know, it, it really takes faith to pray. You have to, you have to trust that God is like a person, he's a real person, and that he's the one that invented the concept of prayer. In this book, you'll learn how to ensure your relationship with God is based on a new and improved covenant, which dangerous prayer habits to avoid, and what to do when prayer doesn't yield the answers you want. It's time to trust God enough to make your prayer life truly about Him. Yes. Pick up your copy of Seeking Answers, Finding Rest Through Prayer from Hart Ramsey, available now at Amazon, iTunes, and wherever books are sold. Now let's get back to today's teaching with Pastor Hart Ramsey. When God came in, when the Bible never tells us. Now watch this. We put a difference now between the supernatural and the natural realm, don't we? We say that's supernatural, that's, that's invisible. But back then it wasn't so. The Bible simply states in Genesis that Adam walked with God. Did he walk with him physically? Was he in the spirit? We don't know because the Bible didn't fit. In, in Revelation now, when John is caught up, it's John said, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. I was in the spirit. I was not in my body. 
We have to clarify because now there's a great division, there's a divide between natural and supernatural, visible and invisible. I was in the spirit, I wasn't in my body. But in Genesis, Adam just walked with God. You see? Adam just walked with God. So the Bible doesn't clarify because there was no need to clarify because the two dimensions were one. Matter of fact, I'm going to tell you things about miracles. We don't see miracles in the Bible until Moses steps on the scene. And you look, you, if you read your Bible, you find that God didn't, uh, Moses was the first man that we see that God used his hands to work miracles. Uh, Acts 19 says miracles, were, uh, says uh, special miracles were wrought at the hand of Paul. Uh, in, the, in the Greek, it actually says uh, things that people have never experienced before were being, were being done by the hands of Paul in different kind of ways. The fallacy of, 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 of me anointing a handkerchief and sending it to, your na- to, to, to a person on the road is that the Bible says it was a special miracle. It was peculiar. It was, it was different. Back to Adam. He's walking with God. He falls. God shows up looking for him. God, Adam, where are you? When God realized what the man had done, you say and theologians say that God cursed him. I'm here to tell you, show me in the Bible where God cursed Adam. Here's what God says. Cursed is the ground for your sake. He said, from now on, watch this now, when you work the ground, before it was just a stewardship, now it's a job. By the sweat of your brow, God says, the ground will fight you for return. It's not going to just give it to you anymore. He turns to the woman, he didn't curse her. He says, he says in pain you will bear children. He never cursed them. But in forethought, when God saw the whole cycle before he created anything, he took, look at it. How many of you know God could have created the entire world in one day? But he took seven days to demonstrate to the man that there's a need for a rest. Now, for those of you who keep the Sabbath, let me, let me say this about Sabbath keeping. The, the, the seventh day, the Sabbath, is, it was a sign. The Bible called it a shadow of things to come. I think in the book of Leviticus, the, the scripture says that the Sabbath day is, is a covenant between God and the children of Israel forever. But if you're Gentile, it's not, it's not a part of your covenant. In the council in Acts chapter 6, 15, when the apostle Paul went back to Jerusalem to deal with this issue of what a Gentile is required to do, there were three necessary things. He said, if you want to live for the Lord, there's only three necessary things. Number one, abstain from fornication. Number two, abstain from idols. Number three, abstain from blood. He said, if you do these things, you do well, fare ye well. The Sabbath day, circumcision, no sacrifices were mentioned. Because our covenant with God has nothing to do with the Sabbath day. It has to do with Jesus Christ. Now, the Jews who have yet to receive Christ, they have to keep the Sabbath day. That's their covenant with God. That's their connection. It's not our connection. The reason God took seven days was because of Hebrews 4. God wanted to show us that after working, after working and producing for six days, it comes a time where you should enter into a rest with God. There remaineth a rest for the people of God. Jesus, uh, Jesus said, come unto me, all you that labor and heavy laden, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me. Ye shall find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. It's not supposed to be this hard. The reason it's hard is because of unbelief. Why could we, why could we not? The, the words po- um, possible and impossible are power words. I told you that, right? The disciples asked, why could we not? The, the word here is uh, adunatos. Why, why was it impossible for us to cast the devil? And he says, simple, you didn't believe enough to act properly. God is with Adam 
he approaches Adam. Adam has sinned. He has, he has messed up the balance of things. God disappears, comes back, and he didn't kill him. He comes up with, with the, the dripping skin of a, a freshly killed lamb. He wraps him up. The first thing he does, into the story is written, redemption. He brings the lamb skin, he wraps him up. And then the heavenly tribunal meets together and God says, we have a problem. The man has sinned. When we told him not to touch a tree in the midst of the garden, he did it. There's another tree. He's not going to listen to us. And if he eats from that tree in this state, he will be forever, He'll be forever dead and fallen. So lest he put forth his hand and eat of the tree of life in this condition, God's told the cherubim, go at once. And they went and they stood before the tree of flaming swords. And he told Adam, you've got to get out of here. And Adam and Eve are expelled from the garden and everybody's heart is heavy. God wasn't offended, he was sad. But written into the story was protection. He protected Adam from a permanent state. He covered him in, re in redemption, and he walked him out of the garden, gave him a place to live, and he forever became his God. And the thing that was supposed to kill him on the spot took 900 years. It took almost 900 years to kill him because God just wouldn't let him go. There is enough love written into your story. Much as you're struggling now, it's written in. But pastor, why? How come I'm not experiencing it? Because you don't believe. And every part, every time the story gets to a certain part where it's God's time to come in and do something, because God saw this thing happening. You think you're surprising God? You think your journey is a surprise to God? Let me show you something. How many of you know that there are more $100 bills in circulation than there are $1 bills? Put your hand up. How many of you have never heard that before? Put your hand up. Look around now. Now let me show you something. Put your hands down. Because you didn't hear it doesn't mean it's not true. What I just said to you is the truth. There are more $100 bills in circulation than there are $1 bills. But you know what it told me? It, it, it just showed me where you are. If you didn't know that, that means you have a financial struggle going on in your life right now. Is that God's plan for you? No. It is not the will of God for you to struggle financially because he requires you to be a giver. You receive the blessing of Abraham in Galatians, according to Galatians chapter 3. We say, well, Pastor, why is that not different? Because all you believe is what you see. And the only way to break the back of poverty is to give. But if you believe that you have to hold on to your dollars because you can't get hundreds, you, you won't give. And if you won't give, you have tied the hand of God. You see how it works? So in Hebrews chapter 4, God is dealing with Israel. He says, listen, he said, I preach, I sent good news to you to let you know where I am with you. He said, but the word preach didn't serve to give you an advantage. Why? It wasn't mixed in faith. He said, you aren't willing to do what I told you to do. You aren't willing to move forward because you didn't believe it. And now look at this in verse 3. The writer says, for we which have believed do enter in. Listen, we which have believed we do enter into rest. We stepped across this threshold and we are now in the rest. Watch this now. We're floating in the bubble of God's love. We're, we're, we're actually, love is taking us through life. And whenever, listen, we get to live. We get to live our lives. We get to, we get, we, yes, and there's effort and effort turns into just rest. The word for rest here in, in the Greek is, is a simple word. It means to stop. 
It means that you try and you try and you try, but you're trying in faith. All your actions are faith actions. You're, only, you're doing it in cooperation with God. You're working because you know God is working. Jesus said, my father worketh and hitherto I work. I'm only working because he's working. When he stops working, I stop working. When I, fit, when, when I cease to feel his hand in my back pushing me, I stop working. What happens from there? He just works by himself. And I just walk into the people and say, man, I'm, I'm going to tell you the story. I called New York. I, I, oh, this was early last year. I went on the internet. I was doing something. I don't know why I Googled my name. I normally don't do that. I Googled my name. And I'm telling my story to help you see what God wants to do with you. The Bible says I'm to be to you an in-sample and an example. Okay? That means if the sample, if, if the effect is happening to the sample, when a cook is cooking, they dip the, uh, a good cook. I'm not talking about sanitary cook. I'm talking about good cook. We'll dip this, take the spoon, taste it, taste good, and dip the same spoon back in there. So if you're eating the cookie, it just means you got to love them. <laughs> the, in their mind, if the sample is good, the rest of it is good. So I want to show you what happened with my story, okay? And it's going to help you. I Googled my name in, and lo and behold, I saw my name come up on the charts. I clicked the page, and I went in, I'm on the charts. I called New York to my management. I said, hey, guys, you know we're on the charts? They said, we're on the charts? I'm like, y'all don't know? So they checked it out. They came out. Sure, sure enough, we're on the charts. So now I'm, getting, I'm Google happy. I go back. I Google my name again. And, I, and here it comes up. Uh, my, the first release from the album is on a compilation album that was done in Spain. I called New York. Hey, guys, do you know that we're, that we're a compilation album in Spain? They said, we are. So they contacted the people. They said, um, cease and desist immediately because um, this is copyrighted material. And Hart Rams, and they talk about Hart Ramsey in the third person, like I'm somebody big. Well, Hart, Hart Ramsey owns this material. You will not uh, reproduce this, this, this music because of royalties. I Google again a couple months later. The thing is in five languages. I'm reading, charging to my heart in Russian, thinking to myself, What's going on? So I called them back and said, how did we do this? And here's what they told me. They said, well, we think it's, and it was a certain place. We, we had sent a check to a certain place, and we thought they were doing the work. But lo and behold, when we called them, they said, well, we, they said, we never got your check. So we said to them, so you didn't do any work? You, you didn't get the song? They said, no. So we're like, well, how did it happen? Management doesn't know. I don't know. And the agency we hired to do didn't know. Nobody knows how that thing got on the charts. What happened was, I gave it to a brother in church. He was planning in his office when, by chance, the program director for registration walked by and go, what you listening to? He said, it's my pastor. The guy said, man, let me see that. He took it, I gave it to him. He said, you can have it. He took it, put it in his car, and while he's driving, decides, I'm going, he went out the radio station, he put it in the, in the playlist. He started playing, people start calling, hey, man, who's that? That's Hart Ramsey. Who's Hart Ramsey? We don't know, man, but that's good. Next thing you know, it's being reported to, to the, uh, he's a, the reporting station, so they report it. It's on a playlist, and other people are checking out their playlist and going, who's, who's Hart Ramsey? They don't know. They heard the song, so we play it. Next thing you know, this thing is on the charts, and none of us, listen, I've done nothing. All I did with this record was when I finished it, I remember praying over it. I lay on my console. I said, God, when people hear this, let them not, let them not hear skill, but let them have peace. Let, let something of your peace rest on them. 
when God wrote my story? That's exactly the way he wanted to play out. He wanted me to be able to come back and say to you, I don't know how that happened. Because the musician's like a million times better than me, and there's a million musicians that's a million times better than me. I don't know how that happened. You know how it happened? It was written in. I wonder what is written into your story that your lack of belief is stopping from happening. Had a sister. Get a microphone for my sister. Come. Yes, you come. Just quickly. Bring your husband with you. Bring them chairs from up there so they can be comfortable. You don't want to stand. This, I, I promise, I won't keep you up here long. But you see, what has to happen is they got to hear. So you mind if I interview you? Bring me a mic. Y'all you, need chairs or can you stand? They can stand, they can stand, they can stand. Brother, you'll fall out. You're not going to fall out. No, you, no, you, you'll be, <laughs> you'll be bro, big brother. Okay, thanks. This is for you. Y'all can share this any way you get ready. Now, now this, when is your last Sunday? Next Sunday. Next Sunday, okay. Now, I'm going to tell you why I have them up here. Now, you don't, I don't even know them, but the Duncans own the Chick-fil-A in the mall. Now, the interesting thing about this is you think that you think, oh, well, they became, you know, their pastor's favorite members because they own Chick-fil-A. I knew them before they owned the Chick-fil-A. Now. <laughs> Sorry for finding you. Now, now, watch this. But you, I'm going to start it off and you talk as much as you want and then we'll just bat, uh, banter back and forth. But you, 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 you guys sort of see. We hope you've enjoyed today's teaching courtesy of On Course with Heart Ramsey. We invite you to join the NCC family for our weekly services in Dothan and Montgomery, Alabama and Atlanta, Georgia. For service times and locations, visit our website, nccfamily.org. Again, nccfamily.org. We invite you to follow Pastor Hart Ramsey on social media, on Twitter at Hart Ramsey, on Facebook at Hart Ramsey Media, and on Instagram at Hart Ramsey. Be sure to join us next time as we continue to dive into God's Word as we get on course with Hart Ramsey.